You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench with you. Carver High joining me on a midweeker. And um, I was watching the, the draft, the Major League draft. I had it on for about, I don't know, five or ten minutes. I... You know, I have to compare it to what I have to do tomorrow, which I think I'm going to choose what I have to do tomorrow as the victor here in the, you know, voting system. And I'm going to I'm going to go through Carver High as a uh, like a precursor to the overall fan vote in the Ferella chat, Ferella pub on our YouTube sports grid uh, page where everyone hangs out. I don't even know anything about it. I just know it's high end real estate in there. Right. So here's the uh, question, Carver. Hi. Uh, do you watch the uh, do you prefer watching the draft, the major league draft and uh, Rob Manfred uh, doling out all the first round and competitive balance selections in the major league 2020 draft or or and I'm going to leave you on this. You can think about this when we break. It's important that we go to break. Uh, is that um, tomorrow is my annual visit to Dr. Garden. Do you remember Dr. Garden? I do remember Dr. Garden, yes. <laughs> tomorrow is time to get my garden picked. Got to go out and get all the cabbage and corn and onions and <laughs> red peppers out of the garden because he's going into my garage door and believe me it's time to bring out the combine dr garden always has a nice way of seeing how things are going in my he'll make a man out of you so how do you think the pirates did in the draft oh i am gonna tell you nothing tops it it's the annual prostate exam Tomorrow with the illustrious Dr. Garden. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. 
I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell on the bench with you. Uh, Carver High is with me. So I'm, I'm going to go see uh, the uh, illustrious Dr. Garden tomorrow. Uh, he's a funny guy. Uh, you got to be funny to go into my uh, garage door and pull out my snowblower. I mean, to tell you, this guy means business. He's always talking to me about his teams, too. He loves the show. He's like... Uh, he's a fan of the show. He's known me forever. He's, you know, listened to the show. He could be listening right now. You know, he knows, uh, full on that tomorrow Pharrell is coming in for his annual, uh, look into my, (laughs) I mean to tell you, your boy just absolutely takes control of, he's like, yeah, I got something for you. He does a uh, he does the uh, Savoir Faire is everywhere. He does the spinorama on your prostate, and uh, you know they talk about. Uh, remember who was it? Guy Lafleur was the flower. Was that right, Carver High? I that is correct. Was. Well, the flower, so, flower, uh, Mark Andre Fleury. Well, you got you got that one, uh, Guy Lafleur. Or uh, Marc Andre Fleury, uh, and then there's Pharrell's flower. Doctor Garden likes to pick flowers. I mean, to tell you, he goes in and gives you a spin. <laughs> he takes you for a spin in that Dodge Charger. He gives you a little. Hey, Pharrell, you excited about the Penguins and the uh, start of the Stanley Cup playoffs with 24 teams in the second season? <laughs> Hey, uh, Pharrell, what do you think? The Steelers are going to have a nice training camp at Heinz Field. <laughs> hey, Pharrell, how's uh, Carver High's Buffalo Bills going to be this year? <laughs> hey, uh, Pharrell, is the uh, Mafia and my Jets going to do anything better than last year? And then uh, you got to do your PSA, Carver High, which is your uh, blood work, right? You have to, you got to, you go in, uh, you bend over, get spanked and called Charlie. You get debriefed. We just want to ask you a few questions. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's time for me with all that, right? 40 now, 40 coming up. It's time. Oh, I'm going to break you in, son. You got to go see Dr. Garden. And uh, here's the deal. Uh, I've always said to everybody, it's no laughing matter. Uh, Definitely 40, uh, without a shred of doubt, 45 on, 
uh, anything over 50. If you haven't done that yet, done a prostate exam or a PSA, uh, you're uh, basically an idiot. So uh, in not so many words, you're stupid because uh, it's a silent killer. It's no joke. And, you know, I've had uh, your boy B. Cuss, Brian Custer of Showtime and Fox and CBS. You've seen him do a lot of sporting events, play-by-play, host Showtime Boxing, everything else. Uh, he got it, right? And he was, I don't even remember how old he was, what he told me, 41 or something like that when he got it. And uh, he got prostate cancer. And, yeah, early, um, early 40s, early 40s, right? I think 40, 41. Yeah, and then he, not only did he get it, but he had the surgery and uh, was in uh, remission and, like, went through all the chemo and everything else. And then uh, it came back, right? So he had to uh, go through it twice at his age. So he's been uh, through, like, prostate cancer twice at, uh, like, 40 41, 43, something like that. Now he's doing great. And, you know, God bless him. I love uh, B-Cust, a good friend of ours. Uh, and he, you know, really kind of opened my eyes to it. So did Earl the Pearl Monroe, who used to come and do the show when I was at Howard Stern. And he'd uh, come in and Earl was always uh, selling the PSA and the prostate exam for men. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, in the black community, uh, guys just don't go to the doctor and they don't, uh, you know, they just don't like doctors. They don't like going, they don't like getting, uh, probed and they don't like getting prostate exams and they don't like doing pharelinoscopies and everything else. If you've ever listened to my podcast, I've had all of my, um, you know, dairy air doctors on the, uh, show. And they've all been very entertaining. I always uh, get a kick out of all the uh, derriere surgeries that I've had. I've had eight of them. I know people right now on the network are going, wait, how is that possible? How could somebody have eight operations on their tush? And I, uh, so what happened was, is that uh, to make a long story longer, I had fissures, fistulas. Look it up. It's not fun. It's genetics. I got it. Thanks, Grandpa. Thanks, Dad. And then I got it right. My son's doomed. So I have like the same, let's just say River Kwai as them, right? I had the uh, the River Kwai going, but mine broke. Mine was the, everyone's supposed to have the River Kwai, but I had the uh, Little Colorado and the Colorado. I had both rivers. Mine split down the middle and branched off into two rivers, and then I had nothing but problems. And uh, so one one thing led to another. First time I went in there to get it fixed, uh, then it came back. Then it was number two, and then it came back, and I was at number three, and I finally fired that doctor. I'm like, listen, bro, uh, you haven't fixed my problem. You got to go. Thanks, though, for everything. It's been great getting to know you. And then uh, the fourth one, uh, you know, I've had, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Greg Galena, you know him. He's been on my show. He's funny. He, he fixed my problem. He rebuilt my garage and uh, fixed all my problems and took care of it. And then I never, knock on wood, had a problem since. The other ones were all just, um, you know, uh, you name it. Uh, I've had multiple pharelinoscopies. You name the the date, I've got one for you up the sleeve. I've had them all. So I've had it like eight times. I've had eight of them. 
It's crazy. And then the best part of the story was always when 34C had to go in there with a like a 12-inch rod, like a Q-tip, and, and like suave it up with the Rico Suave. <laughs> this, she had to go in there with the Rico Suave love push and clean that puppy out at night. And I used to give her the, the backward look like a dog. I'd look behind me, and she'd be back there. I'd be like, how do you like me now? This will really show you if you love me. This will bring out all your true colors. <laughs> I just always think it's funny. And then I did a podcast with my uh, derriere doctor in my garage, which was even better. It was raining outside, right? And so it was raining, and it was during the Hanta. It was at the beginning of the Hanta virus, and I couldn't have him in my house, right? No one was having people in their homes, and everybody was outside six feet apart, all this other stuff. So I'm doing the interview with him. It was like 40 degrees. It's raining. We're breathing smoke, and we're talking about my ass. And I finally did the whole interview in my garage. Like, and how funny is that? I was sitting right next to the snowblower, the generator, and all the things that I make fun of when I talk about my derriere. And uh, he sat in there and talked for like two hours. It was a two-part series on my uh, <laughs> on my ass. And it was really funny. And then I had another doctor in that had uh, Dr. Stavros came in and he talked about like I've had I've had like six hernia surgeries from you name it playing basketball. I've ripped every uh, core muscle. I've tore them all. I've had like six of them. And this guy came in and told me the story of yanking beer bottles out of people and and sex toys out of people that like make mistakes. They're in there like having a nice Saturday. Everything's going fine. Next thing they know, they have a little problem and it, you know. Uh, one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, they got an object five feet inside their body. <laughs> and your boy has to go in there and dig it out. <laughs> like, he's, <laughs> like he's running a crane <laughs> down at the construction site. He's digging out toys. I, I love when a guy tells me stories of, of the things people get trapped in their derrieres. I love those shows. They're the greatest shows ever. I'll be getting a call in the morning. We're not going to be doing Gary Air shows on this network, mister. Had enough of your stories about your snowblower and your shed and your garage. And Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So, uh, for all events, uh, Carver High just notified me that uh, all the people that are listening 
uh, or that are on hold that want to talk to me can hear everything <laughs> that I'm saying. <laughs> you got you got to you got to remember. I mean, if you want to get uh, you know during the commercial breaks, I know that you you want to get a little bit more in depth when it comes to you know your doctor and and the garden area and everything that you want to do. And I'm just letting you know that uh, all of the people on hold they 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 get to hear all about it too. So I was just giving That's you that true. kind of heads up. That's great because the uh, graphic nature of the conversation that I just had with you in the break on – because I told you the story of Dr. Stavros, what he took out of some, a couple different patients. I mean uh, this stuff's gold, right? Like I just find it awesome. Like uh, you know, I got some guy telling me a story about yanking toys out of people's bodies and then a beer bottle out of some guy. I mean, I gotta, I, I just gotta have more of that. I, I can't like when this guy's telling me these stories, I, I just can't get enough of it. I'm cracking up. I'm laughing. I just think it's so funny. Uh, and I gotta tell you, uh, nothing is funny when you're uh, having these, uh, surgeries or the after, uh, effects of it and the aftermath and the, like the healing. I, I remember, <laughs> I always tell this story. So when I had like the first one, right, it was so bad, right? I was at a party. And it was in my backyard. It was like a party that I was having. I used to have this great like animal kingdom backyard. Carver High knows. I had a pool. I had it all fenced in. I had like an acre. And I mean to tell you, I used to have parties out there like no other. I mean, I was the king. I had it all going. Barbecue, pool, music, dancing, strippers, you name it, reefer. The whole thing was happening. Everything was happening. Gambling, you name it. People making out. People literally having relations, right? And um, so one day I'm at this party, and I and this is back in the day, and I was like drinking and partying, and I was a lot younger, right? And so uh, now I'm like old, washed up dad, and I'm all I do is play basketball, and I'm relatively uh, sane and healthy and boring but i used to be wild and and crazy and uh, a lunatic and I, i'd have these parties and um so at this party one day i i like go inside i gotta go drop a yam i'm in there and the next thing you know i'm gushing blood and i'm like uh, the first thing i did was i ran out to the backyard and i got 34c and i said i'm dying I, I'm bleeding to death. I'm having, I'm bleeding. I'm gushing blood. I'm like a, a fire hydrant. I'm bleeding so bad. What is going on? I'm going to the hospital. I'm dying right now. I have, I have tush cancer and I'm do just doomed. It's over. My life's over. So I go to the doctor, I go to the hospital and you know, one thing leads to another to make a long story longer. The guy comes in, he's like, we got to operate right now. I'm like, holy, you got to be kidding me, dude. What are you talking about? You're going to go into my garage door and you're, this is happening now? He's like, yeah. So it was some old man, right? And he was like, he's, he was at least 70 something. And I'm, I'm getting a little sketchy on him. I'm like, listen, pops, <laughs> you got to be careful back there. And uh, next thing you know, I wake up and I'm, I come out of it and I'm in the recovery and everything. And then they, I, I'm in there for like three days or something. And then they finally let me go home. And when I go home, like I literally can't use my tush at all. Right. I'm sitting there and the guy's like, you're just going to have to really grin and bear it. That's what he said to me. And I'm like, grin and bear it. I go, what are you, RJ Barrett? 
grin and bear it. So the next thing you know, I'm like, I got to find out the hard way on my own. Right. And I'm in this uh, position. I had to go to, I finally, after like four days had to, had to go. And I'm like, no way. Can I go to the bathroom? I, I've got this giant surgery back there. I can't do anything there. There's no way I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll do anything to hold this thing in. Right. I wanted no part of it. In fact, constipation was my best friend at that point. And I was like, uh, I just didn't want to go. Right. But I had to, and it was, I was going to lose the battle with nature. And so I was literally on the toilet and it hurt so bad, like screaming pain bad. It was like, I was on the, I was on the header and I was like, "Ah!" and then like 34 C's out there screaming, what, what, what's happening? What's happening in there? Are you all right? Are you all right? I was like, ah. And then uh, I held myself up like a pummel horse, you know, the, like the, you know, uh, the gymnast use the thing where they get on the horse and the guy grabs the handles and he does the, he does the spinning with his hands on the pummel horse. And the guy's like jimmying around hundred miles an hour. And he's lifting his legs over the horse and people are like, he's got great form. Meanwhile, that's what I had to do on the toilet. I had to hold myself up because I couldn't like put pressure on my tush on the toilet seat. I had to like hold myself up in the air to do it. And I was like held up in the air, like a pummel horse, like a gymnast. And I'm screaming and writhing in pain. It was like having a, literally a, a Ford Eldorado come out of my uh, cave. It was like having a, like a car come out of me. That's how bad it hurt. And when it was over, I was bleeding and everything else. And I'm like, he didn't do it right. I'm bleeding again. I'm going to die. Oh, God, Father, help me, Lord, please. And then, um, you know, uh, that'll make a man out of you. Uh, That stuff will make a man out of you. So, you know, you can do whatever you want, but I highly recommend going to get your PSA, your prostate exam once a year after 40. Did that, was that like a crash landing there, Carver? I had the end of the story. I think that you definitely, I, I think that you definitely swung it all the way around and you came back to the beginning and you, and you buttoned it up nicely. You, you definitely you put the, you put the button on it. Right? In terms of, you know, on the pummel horse, I had to land with a look. You got to do the landing and get like a, you know, a nine and a half or a 10. Do you oh, think you, I stuck you, a nice you, landing? You, you stuck the landing. You stuck it. You're good now. <laughs> all right. Can we go to, uh, do we have a bunch of callers? Is that what you're telling me? John, is John first in Buffalo? All right, go ahead, John. You more ass sur- You have more ass surgeries than I've had days on this planet, man. It's unbelievable. It's true, but I have to say that uh, uh, Double G got me through it. Uh, uh, Dr. Galena, he got me through it, and I've. Um, I also had another one, a Gopian. Uh, he did a decent job too, and then I've had multiple uh, hernia surgeries, and I've had multiple broken bones, rotator, labrum, broken hand, broken kneecap, broken both feet. Uh, I've had bone spurs. I've had every, uh, surgery known to man. So, uh, you know, I get to know these, you know, bottom line is I've slept with a lot of nurses. That's really what it it boils down to. And, you know, I have hit on 80-year-old nurses when I'm high on morphine. I've been known to ask 80-year-old nurses to sleep with me. And it doesn't typically go well. They've slapped me a few times. Because when I get enough morphine in me, I can be rather perverted. Can you say that on the radio? Anyway, John, what's up? Yeah. 
so I was thinking about it. There was no pro pro hoops team in Buffalo, and I'm a big Sixers fan. We were absolutely like killing it at home, but we were just like terrible on the road. I think like 10 and 24. It was like enough to blow your brains out watching that team on the road. So my right. question is, everybody playing in the same place in Orlando at Disney World with Mickey Mouse, does that like make it? neutral for every team like including ours that like relies on home fans more than other teams look i i think that i have no idea what that means because when like at about the 40 percent mark of your question i started thinking of jojo Embiid, and i wondered how much dope can that guy smoke when there's no dope testing you know what i mean like he he comes across to me as a guy that likes that's just my guess i could be wrong he could be like a bible toter for all i know but he comes across as a guy that might like laying around and eating three or four bags of doritos and smoking about like five or six blunts uh, after the game so i you know i have my reservations whether or not he can get off the couch enough to uh win a big game when it matters for me, you know, I think he's a really dominant player, and I think that he's never, um, frankly, been really mature enough to handle big pressure playoff games and, you know, title type, you know, aspirations. Fair enough? Like, I just have never thought that he was in control enough of his emotions, his game, his mentality, his physicality, his all-around package. I never thought was in the right mode, the right modem to get it done. I just, I doubt the Sixers. I, I, you know, I think he's a great player that's never been able to get it done. He spends too much time talking about how great he is, right? He's always telling everybody how he's better than everybody else and no one can stop me and all this other nonsense. Meanwhile, everybody else is winning titles. You know what I mean? So you can go around telling everybody how great you are while everybody else has got the hardware. So in this business, it's about winning and they don't get it done. And I think the the chips will fall this way. They'll lose again and then they'll fire Brown and that'll be that. Good hearing from you, John. Where are we going next, Carver? Hi. Larry in Indiana, that sweet Hoosier stage. I got to. Hey, Mr. Farrell, how are you tonight? Hey, Larry, you know, I uh, I went to Indiana, right? Like, I'm a Hoosier. Yeah, I know. I'm calling you from Bloomington, Indiana. Sweet. I'm a Hoosier, too. That's great. I love it there. It's a, it's a fantastic place. I caused a lot of trouble there, and I drank a lot, and I was a Fisai, and you can blame them for how uh, bad of an outcome it's turned into with my behavior publicly and internationally. Yeah, well, I was in a fraternity too, but I'm a little bit older. But I just wanted to say that everybody needs to take your medical advice because you're spot on. I'm a cancer survivor and everything. Well, that's great. I know that uh, you're you're right. I'm right. It is the deal. It is what you got to do. Uh, it's very important, I think, to, uh, you know, get a prostate exam, a PSA. I also think it's important, you know, because I had high maintenance on mine. I had to get a phorelinoscopy every couple of years. Most people, it's like every three or four or five years max. So uh, I think it's really important for men to do it. And don't be a wuss. Just go get it done. I love you, Larry. Good to hear from you. Uh, Clarence is our boy in Dallas coming up next. All right, Pharrell on the bench with you. Uh, don't forget 844-843-6879 to get on the bench. Uh, our buddy uh, Clarence Hill with the 
uh, Fort Worth Star Telegram uh, joins us on the show. I hope you're doing well, Clarence. How's everything, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing, man? Appreciate you having me on. My man, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, it's been a minute or two. Uh, I hope uh, you've been okay. Your family, everybody else, through all of this uh, COVID craziness, uh, through all of our unrest in the world that's uh, changed the world a little bit, hopefully for the better, I'm, I'm hoping. I hope you're, uh, you're all good all around you, all the people you love. Yeah, man, we're good, man. It's, it's a lot, man. You know, it, it's been a lot, and, and you know, as a african-american black man reporter in this world you know you you deal with a lot and you take on a lot but uh, i mean this is the, the country love and, and the job i chose and 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 so i'm, I'm ready to meet things head on and and, and embrace it and and I, I appreciate all the, the the care and concern and empathy for 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 people that that are finally waking up and understanding what it's like to be a black man in america I hope so. Uh, we've had uh, some of my uh, friends in pro sports, uh, black guys have come on the show left and right and talked about uh, what they've dealt with, uh, the issues at hand, how to make it better, how to change, uh, how to wake people up, how to open their eyes, how to get them to actually uh, be involved, take action instead of uh, just watching uh, the news and uh, doing nothing. Uh, like they've always done. Uh, it has to be yeah. a, a gigantic, swift effort. Now, I have to say, your article about uh, Jerry Jones. Can I ask you about that? Because uh, I uh, want. Of course. Tell me, tell me what you thought as you know you cover them and everything. And so, like we had kind of the same situation here, Clarence, where we were up in New York and. We've had it really bad here. And so when the COVID happened, the city, New York, it was the worst of anywhere in the world. So all of a sudden, uh, then the uh, protests start. Everything happened with George Floyd. And then uh, and then Dolan never did anything. Like people were sitting here in New York saying, what is with this guy that owns the Knicks with all of his billions? How come they haven't made a statement? How come they haven't said anything? How, how come they haven't supported uh, this cause or, or had an opinion about it of, of any kind of any nature? And then I saw the same thing was kind of, in essence, running in concert with that type of behavior in Dallas with Jerry Jones. Am I wrong? And did you think at any point, like, what's this guy doing besides nothing? Yes. And, and I would say this, and, and I was tough on Jerry and I held his foot to the fire and, and it should be the difference between Dolan and Jerry is Jerry's always supported his players. Okay. Jerry has, has made his players millionaires and billionaires and he's in a, I'm sorry, he's introduced for them to the Hall of Fame, and he gives them a second chance. And many of his black players, and a lot of them swear by him and consider him like a second father. And they will tell you what Jerry has done for their lives. You don't have the things that with Dolan you have with Charles Oakland and some people that don't like Dolan and how he treats people. Jerry has treated his people well, but Jerry has always tried to walk this line, this, this fine line between supporting his players and being beholden to his sponsors and, and his money. And that's where, you know, you can't walk that line anymore. You have to choose a side right now. And and right now he's being quiet on this uh, anthem issue and this race issue and not denouncing race and, 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 and basically the anthem thing because he basically has prohibited his players uh, from protesting during the anthem. 
You know, the knee was too much for Jerry. That's disrespect for the flag. Well, we can draw a straight line from Colin Kaepernick's knee to the knee of Derek Chauvin on the back of George Floyd's neck that killed him. You can't handle George uh, Colin Kaepernick's knee. You can't handle the knee of players on the field, and it begat the knee of Derek Chauvin on the back of George Floyd's neck for eight hundred eight minutes and forty six seconds that killed him. You know, he, he, that that's the problem. You know, we're so caught up with appearances and and you know this doesn't look right. This is not patriotic. You know, that's is this is what Colin Kaepernick was fighting. This is what he was protesting, and it was a solid peaceful protest that really he did not even bring attention to it. If you remember the first time Colin Kaepernick sat down and started protesting, no one knew about it. It was only the second game that someone, a reporter from the NFL Network, asked him about it, that he told him what it was about. So it wasn't like Colin Kaepernick said, look at me, look what I'm doing, you know, but we, you know, co-opted a narrative and made it something else, made it about something else, made it about the flag, which it wasn't. Right. But even if it was, the bottom line is that people fight for our country for the freedom to protest. It is a right in the Constitution. That is what, one of the things that our soldiers fight for is for our freedom to protest. So the idea is disrespectful to the flag that you're denying a person the ability and the freedom to protest at any time, especially a peaceful protest. So this is where we are. Jerry has been silent on this issue and again the fact that jerry's rarely silent on anything and the fact that jerry himself is the one who was at the forefront of trying to ban players from protesting uh during the anthem because he thought it was disrespectful he can't be silent at long it's no long it's not okay to be it's not it's no longer proper to be silent silent is violence okay silent is what people being silent on this issue trying to ignore this issue because it didn't affect them is what got George Floyd killed. That is not okay anymore. And the players are going to protest. They're going to protest like nobody's business in the fall. And the owners will have to stand up and support the players because we also know that President Trump is going to come at them again. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, and everything you said is is on point. And, and let me ask you this question, Clarence. Uh, so when you saw, uh, let's say, you know, take a window of, of the four years or whatever it's been since Colin did what he did. Uh, how amazed are you? Because I am at how stupid people are, because I have never seen anything in my life twisted and turned into so many different uh, opinions or politicized politics it became about flags and defending our country and all this other nonsense when from the jump colin kaepernick was about uh brutality with the police that's what it was about but it turned into something wait but it turned into something absolutely senile like ridiculous it became about politics it became about flags it became about protests it became about kneeling it became about trump it became about everything wrong with america when it was a real simple peaceful protest about police brutality and then fast forward four years nothing's changed it's worse and there's still cops killing black men uh how much does that amaze you at how stupid people are (laughs) nothing amazes me about the stupidity of people you know common sense ain't common and you would think this is common you know you think this is common sense you know but let's be honest the nfl reporters media they all 
fell into the narrative and pushed the same narrative. You know, Colin can't play anymore. It's all about this. Colin's grandstanding. How many NFL reporters uh, repeated that same trope? You know, and, and, you know, all of this stuff and, and making about Colin and what he did and not what was going on, not not facing the fact that what was going on with all of these uh, black people getting killed and getting killed by policemen and there were, there's, without justice. And, and that's the thing. People want justice. When people, you know, it, it's, it's so crazy to me that people get caught up into, you know, Black Lives Matter, not understanding and what the, you know, coming with that Black Lives Matter trope. It, it, it's never been about only Black Lives Matter, but Black Lives are the ones that's mattering right now because Black Lives are the ones that's in danger. They're the ones getting killed. Uh, that's the one that we need to pay attention to. That's the one that's getting marginalized. It's like Colin Kaepernick and his career was taken away from him, from him trying to bring attention to something that's so near and dear to so many people in the locker room. You know, it, it's you, you, it's one thing to, 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 and that's the thing about coaches and owners and, and, and they sell this team crap. And it's, it's crap to a certain extent because, you know, do it for the team and let's, let's, let's represent the team. But the, when is the team going to represent me? And, and, too often, and, and certainly now, the team is, is, is largely African-American, you know, but right. the team doesn't care about issues that are facing the African-American community, and, and, and they expect these players to come from different situations, marginalized situations, many of them, from, from, and, and who have issues from, from birth to uh, college to the pros and trying to make a better work of life, and they're supposed to leave that at the locker room door. They're supposed to leave that, you know, when they get on the field. And they're not supposed to feel that. You're supposed to leave out, out alone and just worry about team. You know, like, like I can't, like they haven't for years been dealing with their stuff and putting out their best effort on the field and doing what's right for the team. You know, when is the team going to start caring about these human beings, these players that make money for these millionaires? That's what it's about. Yeah, there's no doubt, Clarence. Um, let me, uh, I, I believe and always have, I've said this five million times on the show over the years, They, uh, the white billionaire uh, stuck up filthy rich owners uh, collude against Colin Kaepernick as sure as I'm sitting here. And to this day, it's uh, absolute, uh, it's like they're getting electrocuted if they even uh, mention his name. Uh, if they even uh, broach the subject, they get uh, tasered. I mean, it is unbelievable to me that they will not ever and never have and never will. They will never admit that they did that to him. And it's so obvious. It's like staring you right in the face. Let me ask you this question. Lastly, respectfully, I have I have. Two minutes, Clarence. I got to follow this clock. Like uh, they're all over me. Respectfully, do you believe? I understand. I understand. I know, bro. You know me. I'm cool. Uh, when when uh, they've marched every day, all the protesters have marched and marched and marched and fought and fought and battled and done their thing in cities all over the country. Gigantic protest, peaceful and otherwise. Do you believe that it's uh, it's all gonna? change make change that it was worth it that it's working and that it's being done the right way you know you you have to follow the protest with action and all these speeches and everybody's saying the right thing and, and these you know uh these statements that are being made but you have to follow with action and we'll see you know it starts with the ballot box in november but it has to be followed up with action but the, the beautiful thing about these protests you know, unlike the protests before in the 60s or even the protests, you know, after Rodney King and, and the protests, you know, after Trayvon Martin and the tro 
protests in, in, in uh, Ferguson, Missouri, it's not just black people. It's black people. It's white people. It's brown people. Right. It's Asian people. They're, everybody is joining the protest, and that's what's so great. It's one of the greatest uh, recon, uh, racial reconciliation uprests of all our lifetime because everybody is part of it. So I think that's the key, and that's what we need to look at and say, this is a step in the right direction. You look what NASCAR did today. That's amazing. You know, yeah. NASCAR said no more Confederate flags. That's that. You know, it's a shame that it took to 2020. But 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 for their NASCAR to do that, that's amazing. That's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, I think so, Clarence, uh, for sure. I think they're going to have problems executing that because I think there's a lot of drunk, loser slobs with guns <laughs> and that have attitude problems that will fight anyone that tries to take their Confederate flag because they're morons. So I'm sure they're going to have some problems outside those uh, racetracks and in those infields with idiots. But I think they can be dealt with and get rid of all that nonsense. And I hope the world changes for a better place. Uh, uh, Chill Hill, you know I love you, Clarence. Thanks for coming on the bench tonight. Uh, we'll be in touch during in the cowboy season. I love you, man, and uh, stay strong, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right. Uh, Clarence Hill with the Fort Worth Star Telegram. He's a badass, good friend of the show for years. We've had him on. Carver High. Um, I don't think he likes Jerry Jones to begin with. I don't think Carver High likes any team at all, unless it's the Bills. Right? I mean, it's just the Bills are nothing with him. He's like, screw them. They just eat. All right, for all events, I will say uh, Bubba Wallace's car was really cool in the Martinsville race tonight. And uh, he had a Black Lives Matter uh, car rocking. And he was in second place at one point. He was doing great in that uh, 443. I don't know what happened. All I know is, um, so I look, I, I have, I'm not Mr. Uh, NASCAR or anything like that. I've told you the truth. I'm friends with Austin Dillon. I know a couple of these guys. But uh, I never, like, I'm all for uh, Bubba Wallace. I'm rooting for him in his uh, Black Lives Matter car and everything else. It's just that uh, I think he sucks driving, doesn't he? He's never won a race ever in the history of the world. Has he, Monty, or uh, Carver, excuse me. Uh, has he ever won? Um, I don't follow the NASCAR enough. to. I'm sure he has to have won a race at some point. He has to have found his way into the winner's circle, right? I'm yeah, going to check that so. out for you. I'm going to check it out during the break. Oh, look at London tonight. Your boy, Marty Truex. <laughs> Pharrell cashes hey, how about tip. that? Plus 650 oh, on FanDuel. Oh, 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 there you go. Plus what? Oh, on that FanDuel, plus 650. Shake it. Oh, Pharrell's cashing NASCAR tickets. How do you like them apples, Garver High? You were waiting for Marty to finally come through for you, and there he is. He does it tonight. So good for him. Uh, Martinsville, big win for Marty Truex Jr. Do you think that uh, – did you like my betting strategy there for the – like what if they had about six or seven races? And I <laughs> bet the same guy every race till he wins? Yeah, that's a good strategy. <laughs> well, I didn't – you know, I didn't lose that much money. I bet like, you know, light on every race. And then I finally hit at plus 650 on a on – a, uh, just on a C note, I mean, I, that you know, that's a nice, that's a nice uh, hit right there. Everybody's happy. So anyway, uh, I, I'm now, I, I'm now desperate in life. I'm betting on NASCAR races. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, we got another hour to go. I'm Pharrell on a bench. I got. Ooh.